0: Have you ever wanted to make big changes in your life yet felt overwhelmed by the amount of work that it would take to do so? Well, a lot of the time, it's not actually as much work or as many things to focus on as we might be perceiving. You see, most of the time what happens when we want to make big changes and we feel overwhelmed by it is what we're actually doing is we're actually hypnotizing ourselves into thinking that something is much bigger than it is we end up overwhelming ourselves, and then we decide not to change it all and to just simply drift back into our old ways. This episode, we're going to be talking about a universally applicable way of actually giving yourself a structure and a set of rules of things that you can follow no matter what, no matter what situation you're in, as a way of guiding yourself towards the big changes that you seek to make. Instead of, actually overwhelming yourself in the process. So what we're going to be talking about today is Marcus Aurelius's eight characteristics of the rational soul. This is a set of rules or guidelines you can think of them as, as a way of actually bringing a sense of rationality to your soul's expression in this life. The way in which you do that is you actually just align with nature, but by being able to have these eight key points, it makes it a lot easier for you to know exactly what it is that you need to do in any one given moment instead of being overwhelmed by an idea of this insurmountable work that needs to be done in order to make the changes. So the first characteristic of the rational soul is self-perception, self-examination, and the ability to make of life whatever it wants. Now, what this means is this is actually the core essence of philosophy. So one of the things that Epictetus would talk about a lot is how philosophy is not just something that we use as a way of just talking and being recognized for the wise and cool things that we get to say. Philosophy is actually more of, we could look at this as a medicine, a way that we are able to actually self-examine ourselves and Allow ourselves to face truths that we may not have wanted to face before. So this process of self-examination and philosophy is actually like a workout for the mind. It's a workout for the emotions because it causes us to actually look at ourselves truthfully and act with sincerity in how we want to be and who we want to be in this life. So why is that important to be able to have a sense of self-perception and self-examination? These things both lead to self-awareness and self-awareness is how we are able to know whether what we're doing is aligned with our values or not. Whether what we're doing is actually creating a good or desirable results with other people. So by being able to look at ourselves, look ourselves in the mirror or be able to reflect on ourselves through a process of journaling, we're able to use our philosophy to slowly hack away at all the parts of ourselves that are not actually truly resonant with who we want to be. It's very much like a sculptor chipping away way at a stone until they find the sculpture within the stone. So philosophy acts as a tool that we can use to sculpt our character. Now we do this through self-examination. So like Epictetus would say, philosophy is not necessarily always pleasurable, but sometimes it allows us to face hard truths in a way that allows us to open our perspective and shift our paradigm for what we believe is possible in life. So very much like Michelangelo would say with the sculptor, is that every stone has a statue in it, and it is the sculptor, job to actually find that. That's what philosophy is doing by allowing us to really look at ourselves, ask ourselves the tough questions, and then make the changes and decisions that we need to make in order to be the person that we want to be in life. The second characteristic of the rational soul is that it reaps its own harvest. So essentially what this means is that we are going to get out of life what we put in in terms of our effort, in terms of our focus, and our presence. Now, this is not just to say that we're going to get what we deserve in terms of rewards, but we'll also experience the consequences of certain actions when we are not being totally mindful, when we're not being compassionate towards our fellow human being. We're going to experience what that is. And one way that we can also look at this is that The rational soul is going to experience its own projections. So one of the things that we talked about in the goal setting episode that we talked about, the dream, the path goal setting, is this idea of assessing the obstacles that you may encounter on your way towards a specific goal that you want. Now, why is this important? Because unconsciously, every time we set a goal, we are going to essentially project out the obstacles and essentially manifest our limiting beliefs the things that are unconscious within us will show up as situations and people in which we have challenges with and this is meant to help us grow so when we say that the rational soul reaps what it harvests it is also the harvesting of not just the good things but also the limiting beliefs and thoughts that we have about ourselves and realizing that we are going to essentially harvest those those experiences in the form of obstacles in our lives and it's important for us as the rational soul to take responsibility for those things to realize that we call these obstacles in to help us to grow and so when we can look at obstacles in that way it actually allows us to grow and make changes at a much quicker rate because we're not resisting the obstacles and the challenges that are put in front of us. Instead, we look at adversities as a gift, as my good friend Marcus Aurelius Anderson would say. Yes, that is his real name. We did an episode not too long ago, but he would talk about the gift of adversity. So being able to look at every adversity as a gift is a really important key to experiencing the characteristics of the rational soul. The third characteristic of the rational soul is that it reaches its goal no matter what limits life puts on it. So, I'll start with this by saying that in life, it is not about the cards that you are dealt, right? There's a lot of things in our lives, a lot of circumstances in which we are born into that we do not directly or consciously control. However, even though we don't control the hand of cards that we are dealt, what we do control is how we are going to play with the hand of cards that we actually have. Nobody plays the game of cards any better by wishing they had different cards or by comparing the cards that they have with someone else's. We play the game to the best of our ability with what we have. And that is where we are getting resourceful with the resources that we actually do have access to. So when we focus on what we can control, we focus on what we do have, then we are able to create extraordinary results because of a sense of resourcefulness. This also brings in the theme that we've talked about in this podcast at length of being at the cause of your life versus at the effect being at the effect of life circumstances or things that are limiting you in terms of external obstacles is essentially looking for life to give you permission to accomplish your goals giving looking for life to give you permission to actually make the decisions that are going to be in your highest good. Instead, when we are at the cause of our lives, we get resourceful with what we do have. We make a determination and an intentionality that we are going to accomplish what we set out for. And then we set our mind and we set our heart into actually accomplishing that thing rather than allowing ourselves to be pulled away by excuses or pulled away by reasons or justifications as to why we can't. The way that you can think about this in the simplest way possible is that if you have reasons for why you don't have the results that you have, you're at the effect of life in that moment. And on the other side of the coin, if you have results or you're working towards results and you're receiving the feedback from the environment, then you are at cause. And this is a moment to moment mindset switch that you can make at any moment. So if you are at effect, you can actually immediately switch yourself over to being a cause by taking full responsibility of what is out there in front of you. The fourth characteristic of the rational soul is that it surveys the world around it and the empty space and everything that makes up the world. So this is essentially looking at emptiness in our environment as endless potential to realize that there's an interconnectedness of all beings that we all are made for each other as Marcus Aurelius would say and this interconnectedness is to realize that we need each other we don't just it's not just nice to be able to connect with other people but human beings as a social animal we need each other so meditating on the interconnectedness of human beings is really important because This idea of being self-made, for instance, is actually a fallacy. Like we need other humans to buy into what we're doing, to support what we're doing, to advocate for what we're doing in order for us to actually create something that is truly meaningful and worthwhile. So in looking at the empty space that exists, so this is actually something that I talk about in the Zen Stoic meditations that I've created. And the empty space is what you can think of as the space in between stimulus and response. Now, Viktor Frankl, the author of Man's Search for Meaning, would talk about how our power to shape our destiny or our power to decide exists in the empty space in between stimulus and response. So essentially what that means is that in life, we are going to experience situations in our external reality that trigger us emotionally, right? When we experience those obstacles that we were talking about earlier, we might get triggered emotionally. It might trigger fear in us. It might trigger anger in us or sadness or guilt or shame or any of any of these negative emotions. But the space in between the trigger and the actual emotion itself, that emptiness, that is where all possibility is is created. That is the emptiness or the void that is talked about in Buddhism where we can actually create and have infinite potential in that space. Because in that space, we can decide. We can get at cause and decide how it is that we're going to respond differently to life in the face of the obstacles we have. So when we look at the emptiness and we realize that In this emptiness, we can also look at the way that all of reality is structured and the interconnectedness that we have within each other as human beings, then we can choose to respond differently in a way that actually supports the higher good of ourselves and everyone else around us. So the fifth characteristic of the rational soul is that it delves into the endlessness of time and the attempt to grasp and comprehend the cycle of births and rebirths that the world goes through. So essentially, what this is looking at is this is actually a form of pattern recognition, right? In looking and developing a sense of wisdom, not from one's own mistakes, but also by being able to observe the mistakes of others. We don't have to actually repeat the mistakes that people before us have made. We can actually observe them. We can reflect on mistakes that people have made and actually observe the patterns of reality and existence that everybody goes through, right? Another way of looking at this is by looking at life in seasons. Right? There are times where we are going to experience seasons of spring. Now, spring, what it might look like in your life in terms of its actual experience is spring is going to look like new ideas are, are, are forming, that you're planting seeds, that there's an excitement. There's a, almost a sensation of new beginnings and new life. Whereas when we experience a summer, we might be experiencing a combination of hard, working hard and playing hard, right? It's hot outside. There's, there's a lot going on, but there's also a lot of like celebratory and festive, festive energy that's in the air. So if in the spring we're planting seeds and we're starting to water those seeds in the summer, what we're really doing is we're working our crop essentially. We are working hard. We're playing hard at the same time. We're allowing the sunshine to come in and, and nurture the, the things that we have And nurture the seeds that we have planted, but we're not really harvesting in the summer, right? We're actually just, we're in the thick of it. We're in the thick of doing whatever it is that we want to do for our lives. So the fall is actually a time where we are harvesting, where we are reaping what we've sowed. We're actually gaining the the fruits of our labor. And in the fall is is a time of enjoyment, a time of embrace. Yet... When we go into a winter, a winter is more of a time of rest and hibernation where old ideas or old ways of being are dying. And now these seasons in our lives as human beings don't necessarily follow the actual seasons of the weather, but we do experience these cycles. So one of the things to really look at the births and rebirths of time and existence itself is to also look at the births and rebirths in our own lives, the process of change, right? We one of, the, one of the things that I teach in some of my trainings is something called the universal model of change, which actually kind of follows these cycles in, in an interesting way, right? There is the cycle where everything's going well, you're hitting nothing but net and like everything you touch turns to gold. And then you go into a cycle where You know, you're trying to do the things that were working before, but they're not really working anymore, right? It's like things are starting to get stale. You're starting to experience a plateau. And then we have a drop-off. And that drop-off is where we start to feel lost. We start to feel like everything that we're doing is no longer working anymore. And again, that's okay. That's part of life. That's part of the cycle. But in those times of chaos when we feel like we don't know you know, up from down and we feel lost in ourselves because the old way of doing things isn't working, that's when we have new ideas come up or new order come up in, in times of maximum entropy, which is essentially times of chaos. When that chaos comes to a head, we have these experiences where suddenly we have a new idea. We have something spark within us. And then we jump up and we reach a new height of that you know, of like the old one where everything we were touching turning was, was turning to gold. And then that cycle continues to repeat. So all of your lows end up being higher than even your highs from earlier in life, right? And so this is just a cycle that we go through. So by being able to embrace this and knowing when we're in a specific stage of the cycle is one of the characteristics of the rational soul, because it allows us to actually just embrace where we're at versus freak out and make a bunch of stories and narratives that our life is over or that, you know, we're never going to amount to anything. Instead, we can just embrace where we're at knowing that the knowing that it's always darkest before dawn and that we can embrace that darkness because we know that something is going to spark within us. There's going to be a new idea or a new paradigm shift just around the corner. The sixth characteristic of the rational soul is affection for its neighbors. So this was a consistent theme throughout meditations and throughout Stoic philosophy of doing good for one's neighbor or one's fellow human being, right? Marcus Aurelius would talk about your only job is to be a good human. Now, what essentially does that mean? That means leading from a place of love. Love for yourself, love for your fellow human, love for humanity as a whole, as a collective. Now, why is this important? Because as human beings, we're social animals. We don't function optimally by ourselves. We function optimally when we are able to connect with and create with other human beings. So having affection for one's neighbors is essentially approaching life with a sense of kindness, with a sense of empathy and compassion. This allows us to be warm and friendly, to essentially bring out the best in others, because when people are in a positive mood, it actually brings out more intelligence than it otherwise would. When we have a sense of empathy, empathy. We show people that we understand what it is that they're experiencing, what it is that they're seeing. And when we have compassion, we're able to lend a helping hand. And When people extend compassion to us, then we can actually receive help in moments of need, right? None of us are going to be impervious at all times. We're all going to have times where we need help or where others need our help. So being a human being, it's very, it's very important for us to operate at our highest form of contribution and fulfillment is important to have that affection for one another, to be able to help each other, no matter what the case is. The seventh characteristic of the rational soul is truthfulness. So truthfulness is really important because this is all about coming from a place of sincerity. So truthfulness is not just being an expert on the content and the facts of things and being truthful with the facts, but it's also about coming from a place of sincerity where you are very sincerely expressing what is present for you in terms of your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, anything that's coming up. When we are coming from a place of truthfulness, What we're doing is we're being honest and sincere with ourselves. So the effect that this actually has on ourselves is this gives us the ability to trust ourselves more and more deeply. Every time we express sincerity, we're able to trust ourselves more deeply and thus are able to make decisions more effectively without wavering. And instead being able to make decisions with a sense of confidence. Whereas the opposite is true is that if we're engaging in insincerity, if we're performing, if we are essentially trying to be what we think the world wants us to be, then what we end up, what we end up actually doing, is actually building a sense of distrust with ourselves, where we don't really know what the right decision is because every time we make a decision, we're relying on someone or on our perception of what someone else wants to make that decision. So instead, much easier way to go about things is to allow yourself to be truthful with yourself and with others. Now, I understand that this could be a challenging thing sometimes, especially if you know you've ever engaged in a pattern of people pleasing, which was Something that I engage in for most of my life until recently, where I started at really allowing myself to be very sincere with what my thoughts were, what my desires were, what my boundaries were. And so being in a place of truthfulness of knowing what your boundaries are, what your values are, and what you actually want and expressing that is going to be a much easier way to live because you don't have to remember all the insincere things that you've said or all the lies that you may have told in order to uphold the image that you thought other people wanted you to see. Instead, you can come from this place of sincerity, being totally present in yourself, and being able to make decisions from a place of confidence because you trust yourself. The last characteristic of the rational soul is humility. So, humility is really important because this is not to essentially imagine yourself as superior or inferior to anyone else. Now, humility is essentially realizing that as a human being, you're equal to everyone else in different and varying ways. But at the end of the day, we all have our challenges, we all have our skills, we all have our talents. Now they, these things vary. It's not the exact same thing from person to person, but it's very important for us to look at ourselves with this sense of humility, to be able to admit to ourselves when we've messed up. There was this really hilarious meme that I put the other put the other day on Instagram that basically said, "When you're wrong, apologize. Stop looking for stupid quotes to justify your behavior." And I really love this because. A lot of the time, what we do is instead of admitting to, our, to ourselves or to someone else that we've made a mistake, people end up doubling down on what it was that they made a mistake about or they try to defend themselves or justify their behavior. If you're ever talking to somebody and they've messed up and you bring up this concern to them and they can't acknowledge that they've messed up or they can't acknowledge that they've made a mistake and instead they get defensive with you. This is actually a red flag that you want to be aware of, right? This is not a sense of humility. This is actually a sense of somebody wanting to be right more than they want to resolve whatever the problem is. So with ourselves, it's very important that we have this sense of humility because with humility, we can actually get better right? Nothing is going to improve until we are willing to admit that something is wrong or that something isn't as good as it could be. So by having a sense of humility, we're actually able to not take ourselves so seriously. We're not, we're not going to be so rigid with ourselves. We're able to laugh at ourselves. We're able to laugh at life and through that humor and playfulness, we can loosen our model of the world where new insights can have the possibility of coming in. New insights can become like new seeds of ideas that can end up growing and helping us to become the person that we want to be. So with these eight characteristics of the rational soul, these are these guidelines that will truly allow you to get into a space where you can make big changes simply by aligning with your humanity, simply by aligning with your nature. These eight characteristics will allow you to truly align with your humanity and create the big changes that you seek in very simple ways. They're easy to follow and can be applied in any situation and are universally applicable as long as you're a human being. We wanna remember that like Marcus Aurelius says, our only job here is to be a good human. And the characteristics of the rational soul give us a framework to do exactly that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm sure as you were listening and gaining all kinds of insights and wisdom through our discussion, you may have been asking yourself this question. This all sounds great but how do i apply it in my life or how do i apply it to this specific situation now we want to remember with zen stoic philosophy there are three key things to integrate the philosophy in order to create unshakable inner peace within yourself there's the philosophy itself which is what you're getting on this podcast there are the zen stoic meditations which allow you to take the philosophy and make it part of your unconscious behavior by practicing and reflecting it each and every day and then there's coaching which is how we turn wisdom into real world results So if you'd like, go ahead and click the link in the description and get the free meditation that will give you ultimate clarity on your life vision and purpose. Doing this meditation will start to bring a sense of clarity and wisdom to everything that you're listening to here in this podcast and allow it to become part of your everyday life.